Mala Walele, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Alicia Foon. Coming up. Now the democratic politician will do whatever he can to be an apostle for peace. The Prime Minister of Fiji wants the Pacific Ocean to be a conflict-free peace zone as political tensions simmer around the world. Also... Taller Samoa fans meet the rugby heroes. And later... Playing rugby in the, in the country of rugby is really special for me. The French woman's rugby captain reveals more about her connection to New Zealand and her Pacific heritage. The Prime Minister of Fiji wants the Pacific Ocean to be a conflict-free peace zone as political tensions surge around the world. Sitiveni Rambuka has suggested a proposal on a Pacific peace zone to be discussed at the Pacific Islands Forum next month in Rarotonga. He's also wanting to be seen as a leader that pursues peace for Fiji, despite his controversial past of staging military coups, as Lydia Lewis reports. Peace is front of mind for Fijian Prime Minister Sitiveni Rambuka. For us in the Blue Pacific, history may be calling. It might be our manifest duty to carry banners for peace. He says he's transformed from being seen as a Rambo-like character following his co-leadership days to something much different. Now the democratic politician will do whatever he can to be an apostle for peace. With a new name under the banner of peace, he's calling for a Pacific peace zone. Lowy Institute Pacific Islands Program Director Dr Meg Keane says it's great to see a leader change. And say, you know what, I made a mistake. And I think we all need to do that sometimes. Dr Keane says it's unclear as to how a Pacific conflict-free zone would be implemented, but the sentiment was significant. This is the first time we've really seen a strong push that Fiji should have a role in peacekeeping in West Papua, in Papua New Guinea Highlands. The way it was being pushed, the strength of which it was being pushed, and the fact that he signalled this was going to be taken to the Pacific Island Forum. She says it could manifest as a declaration of sorts. It would be about partnerships and alliances and processes. I don't think he's envisioning laws, legal obligations, a treaty kind of approach. Sitiveni Rambuka says his call for peace comes as rivalry between the US and China intensifies and tensions over Taiwan escalate. And now he says the world holds its breath as the Israeli-Hamas violence continues and nations take sides. He says he dreams of a day where ships from China, Russia, Saudi and the US can refill side by side. In Fiji. As long as they don't come and fight their wars in my Pacific Ocean of Peace. Rambuka giving us a sneak peek at his vision for the Pacific a few weeks out from the largest regional Pacific leaders meeting. Come with me now to the aquatic empire of the Pacific Ocean. He says extensive discussions would be needed if the Pacific Peace Project is to happen. Meanwhile, also on his visit to Australia, he met with Foreign Affairs Minister Penny Wong, who says Rambuka has demonstrated his commitment to building a stronger and more united Pacific. Your early diplomatic outreach to Kiribati was critical in bringing the Forum family back together. She says Australia believes in Pacific sovereignty, with the Forum leading the region, the Pacific Way, guided by the 2050 strategy. 
Now you are advancing your vision for a zone of peace to create a region characterised by peace and prosperity, not conflict and division. It's a vision we share. The 52nd Pacific Islands Forum meeting is set down for November 6th in Rarotonga. During Prime Minister Sitiveni Dambuka's visit to Australia, he met with Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, who committed to an increased focus on cyber security in light of challenges in the region. Fiji and Australia have strengthened commitments to climate issues in their updated Vavale Partnership Agreement. Papua New Guineans continue to face fuel shortages brought about by one of the main suppliers, Puma Energy, not having access to enough foreign exchange to pay for what it needs. More rationing is coming as Don Wiseman heard from our PNG correspondent, Scott Whitey. Uh, yesterday, Puma released another statement saying that it was going to begin fuel rationing again. Now, that means that we should expect flight delays or downgrading of flights. We should also expect that fuel pumps will run out of fuel at some point. And there's going to be a bit more pressure on the central bank to you know, facilitate the release of foreign exchange, which is the main problem behind the fuel shortage problems that Papua New Guinea is experiencing. It's a chain reaction that happens every time Puma Energy releases a statement. There's usually a, a, another statement by Air New Guinea saying we are waiting for these issues to be resolved and flights will be downgraded or will be delayed for at least a few days. The central bank has hasn't wavered at all, has it? It's certainly not keen on um, making available more foreign exchange. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. And and it's affecting a whole range of sectors. And and the I guess the sectors that aren't speaking out as much of the, is the manufacturing sector, which has been affected a lot. But uh, there's no real visibility on their concerns. You can talk to workers, and they're saying that we've been laid off because of such and such, uh, and it's because companies have downgraded their operations or they're trying to use their resources and conserve their resources and at the same time keep staff on the payroll for as long as they can go. For manufacturers that are importing raw materials to process in country, they've been hit a lot. For example, the flour manufacturers import wheat from overseas. They need the foreign exchange. And in recent days, we've had shortages of flour as well. You look at the health sector. Health sector is also one of the government sectors that have been affected by foreign exchange problems. And they've got checks sitting at the central bank waiting to be approved so that they can purchase medicines. And that's affected the delivery of health services in Papua New Guinea as well. And uh, in some areas, the price of fuel skyrocketing like it is around most of the rest of the world, it would seem, but having a particularly interesting effect on PMVs, public motor vehicles, buses, with bus drivers striking yesterday in uh, Mount Hagen. PMVs are the most obvious. They're, they're visible and, and they're the most vocal group of public transportation providers. So if if there's any gauge at all to see where the problems are, you'd first get it from the PMV owners. Now, PMV owners are asking for a 50 kina fee between Mount Hagen and Goroka and Mount Hagen, the Western Islands and, and Eastern Islands. It seems like a small increase, but it represents the pressures that they're under right now. So they've gone ahead, issued a petition to the government calling for an increase in bus fares and 
because they, they understand that they, they can't really control the price of fuel. So fuel prices have gone up from 4 kina 30 something to 4 kina 99. That's nearly 5 kina. Now, if you see the costs of fuel in the highlands, transporting fuel from Ley into the highlands, you'd expect the retail price to be selling at about 5 kina for smaller retailers who stay under the radar of authorities. So it's, it's a huge, huge increase for uh, PMV owners. Now, there is a group that has been endeavouring to cope with these fuel issues. There's a lot of hoarding going on and a significant black market has developed. Yes, what happens is people take the fuel wherever they can get fuel because they know that they can make a huge profit from it. And and you can just drive by the roadside and you see people selling fuel and you know that the cost will be sometimes double what you get at a pump. It's easier to get fuel there, but really difficult for authorities to walk the highways and regulate every black market operator that sells fuel. So you can go all over the country and see that they're, they're selling fuel. Are they big operators? Are they people who have established large tanks or are we talking about jerry cans in the back of the car no jerry cans on the side of the market coca-cola bottles one liter coca-cola bottles that they're selling on the side of the market fuel oil all of that put together that they sell them on the side of the road so people who are desperate will still buy the fuel Auckland's Victoria Park was painted red and blue as hundreds of league supporters came together in full force for Toa Samoa Fan Day the rugby team are in the city of Sales ahead of their game against New Zealand's Kiwis this weekend. Tiana Haxton went along to catch the hype and spoke to a few of the fans. It was a dream come true for many Samoa fans to meet their rugby heroes in person. The rugby league team was welcomed with hundreds of excited fans waving the country's flag with pride. The team mingled with the crowd, taking selfies and signing t-shirts and posters. A group of young boys celebrated backstage, enthusiastically sharing their collections with each other. I came to see the boys, tried to get an autograph from Critter, got a photo of a few other boys. Pretty good seeing the NRL players, Yeah, get to see them on TV and then we see them in real life. The Samoa team are facing off against the Kiwis this weekend at Eden Park. It will be their second game in the NRL 2023 Pacific Rugby League Championships. League fans across the region are excited for the competition, which involves six men's teams and seven women's teams. Samoa supporter Walter Sipili would like to see more games between teams in coming seasons. Oh, I love the concept, but I'd like to, it would be nice if they um, all got to play each other rather than in separate pools, but it is what it is. Uh, it should be a close game. They've both got good teams, um, but I'm hoping for Tosamo to win. There was no holding back fans from expressing their support by screaming out encouragement as players paraded the stage. Two young friends, Levi and Julian, have great faith Samoa will triumph over New Zealand this weekend. Oh, I reckon we have heaps of potential to, you know, take over Kiwis. Easy one, easy. Yeah, time to run amok. I think, um, I think Samoa will carry the team still. It's good to represent our country. We have, um, you know, a solid team behind us that can support us, carry us all the way. The fan day carried on until late afternoon with a range of entertainment including popular singers Tanel and Wayno. The artists are backing the Toa Samoa team and are confident they'll be victorious.
They're going to do great. They're going to shine like they always do. Regardless of win or lose, but we're going to win. We're taking it. Uh, we're going to fresh new Kiwis 40 new. Hopefully I got some tickets. See you guys there. Eden Park will be an absolute hive of excitement this weekend with a blockbuster triple header between New Zealand, Samoa and Tonga. The French woman's rugby captain, Manai Filao, says playing in New Zealand is extra special for her. France is one of the six teams playing in the inaugural Women's Six Nations Championships, which kicks off in Wellington this weekend. Filao was born in France, but raised in her father's country of Wallace and Fortuna. She also attended boarding school in Hawke's Bay in New Zealand. Filao told RNZ sports reporter Barry Guy about her affection for Aotearoa. Yes, it's quite uh, special coming back here because New Zealand is a country that uh, welcomed me for three years. I learned a lot uh, here. I grew proud of my... I grew up here as well because I was still in high school and I was still quite young. I learned a lot about the culture, about uh, another country, and New Zealand has a really special place in my heart now. So coming back here and playing rugby in the... In the country of rugby is really special for me. So, how does that, is that sort of uh, helped you in some way? I mean, have you learned a New Zealand game, or you know? Uh, I think uh, it helped me with the culture because in New Zealand the culture around rugby is really strong, around sport, and it's helped me um, understand that. If you want to get somewhere in sport, you have, you need to be hardworking and you need to stay humble. And I think that's what I took away from uh, playing rugby in New Zealand. So this uh, French side, after you know World Cup experience and you're going to play the Black Ferns first up, how are you feeling about this competition? We're feeling really excited. The whole squad is really excited. Um, last year um, we were at the World Cup. Now we have a new group of girls uh, some girls were here um, last year, some uh, haven't been and we're just really excited to play against the world champions so I think it's going to be a great game on Saturday and we really can't wait So has uh, the French team uh, changed uh, from the World Cup year, how are you feeling about uh, you know your chances? Uh we're competitive, so we're here to give 100% and we really respect the Black Fern side. Uh, they're world champions and I think um, the only way we can show our greatest respect is to give 100% and give 100% to win and make it the hardest game for them. So that's what we're going to do uh, on Saturday and we're really excited about that. Our side is quite young, so we're compared to the side that we had um, at the World Cup, so we're developing as well, but we're still competitive and we're going to give our 100%. So what are you expecting from the Black Ferns uh, and what will you need to do to beat them? Uh, the Black Ferns are quite a heavy side compared to us, especially uh, the Fords, and it's always uh, great against them because uh, I think they've got a really different um, culture and rugby, a different uh, game, they, um, they're really, you can't really um, 
know what they're going to do next every time they kind of surprise us with different things and they never really have like a set strategy so it's really interesting playing against the Black Ferns. On Friday, England play Australia, and on Saturday, Wales play Canada and New Zealand play France. Meanwhile, the Men's Rugby World Cup semi-finals are also this weekend. New Zealand is up against Argentina, and England plays South Africa. That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, Tofa Soifua.